Hi all and welcome along to a new episode of On The Streets. I'm your host, George G. I know it's been a while since I put out anything, but as usual, work has been manic and to be perfectly honest, the weather hasn't been that great most weekends, so there hasn't been much point going out um, and shooting because it's just been either wet or so grey and dismal that it just wasn't worth the effort to put in and go out and actually shoot anything. But the last few weekends have actually been quite nice and it's meant that I've actually been able to get out and um, do some shooting. Um, last weekend I went across to Hyde Park in London to the Winter Wonderland which is basically a massive Christmas market with funfair rides and stuff. and. Um, I went across to that to shoot some film for the Sunny 16 Christmas um, cheap, shot, cheap Shot Challenge. Um, hopefully I got some decent shots from that. I was shooting on Lomo 800, which I actually pushed to 3200. And that role will be going off in the morning. So it'll be interesting to see how it comes back. Um, as usual, I'll be sending it off to AG's. But this time I'm going to get AGs to actually scan it for me. Um, I'm just going to pay the extra and get that done. Just to get a comparison of what a decent scan will look like compared with what I've been getting off my little Epson. Um, yeah, and I started shooting the Lomo 800 back in the summer um, for night stuff when I was in Paris. And actually grown to like it it's quite a nice um, film well I think it's quite a nice film and it's not massively overpriced I don't think it's um, I think it's about 19 pound for three rolls which I think is pretty reasonable um, yeah so I've been enjoying shooting that and I picked up a few more rolls to use over the next few weeks and into Christmas getting Christmas lights and that kind of stuff shot so yeah it'll be interesting to see what um, finally comes out from that particular role on the subject of film and film stocks um, it's almost a year now since I decided that I was gonna try and shoot as much film as possible uh, in the year and pretty much achieved that Virtually every time I went out shooting, it was with a film camera and not with a digital. I think um, possibly digital was about 5% of my overall shooting for the year. So I think that's quite good. And I think the digital stuff was probably just the odd pictures in and around the house and stuff like that. I can't say I remember doing too much digital shooting alongside my um, film shooting because mainly I didn't take the digital camera so that was that so that's been quite good but um, this is not really a sort of podcast that discusses news and stuff but one of the big news items that have come out in the last few weeks has been that Kodak are going to increase their the prices of their um, film and apparently it's going to be quite significant so that'll be from I think they said the 1st of January so it'll be interesting to see what prices 
of Kodak become. It's only in the latter part of the year that I actually started shooting any Kodak film, mainly because I was shooting black and white, and the black and white that I was shooting was mainly Kentmere and the odd roll of uh, Lomography, black and white. But when I went on holiday, I knew that I wanted to shoot colour, and obviously the best choice at the time I thought would be using Kodak so I was using Ultramax 400 and Kodak Gold 200 which I quite enjoyed using um, then like I said before I shot one roll of the Lomography 800 for night shots and I found that that was quite good for that so I kind of moved over to that as well but I have noticed in the recent well months and whatnot the places that I've been buying or the one place that I normally buy my colour film from which is uh, a shop online that a lot of the time they'd be out of stock then they'd be back in stock then out of stock for a few weeks and then back and um, this is partly the reason why I, um, Kodak are increasing their prices because then they can increase production runs apparently because they're, they're finding it hard to actually meet the um, demand for their films. I'm not so sure about black and white because like I say I've not really shot their black and white film. It's always been Ilford. This past week or so I've been looking to try and pick up as much um, film as possible or Kodak film um, colour stuff. So I've just ordered, well I went to order some Ultramax and again that was out of stock. So I picked up six rolls of um, colour gold and as soon as the Ultramax comes back in stock, if it does before um, the new year, then I'll pick up another pack of five rolls of that as well. Um, but like I say, the online store that I buy from tends to sell it in either five or six packs for both the Gold and the Ultramax. How much this actual price increase will actually affect my um, decision to continue shooting film, I don't know yet. Like I say, I'm <laughs> Hopefully, if I can build up a bit of a stock before the price goes up, then great. If not, then I'll shoot what I've got and then make a decision once um, I see what the new prices are going to be. Even back in the day, I was never really at one that shot sort of like the pro films or you know the more expensive films. Um, from what I can remember, it was always just the freebie films that you normally got back from either the chemist or places like True Print when you had roles developed and they were always the ones that you just continued using um, because like I say they were freebies so it made it very cheap um, it's only since getting back into film in the last two years or so that I've actually been buying more film or a more reasonable film you know a higher quality film even if it is only sort of like the you know the golds or the ultramaxes and um yeah so like i say i don't know where how much this will affect how much film i shoot because i think i've got through about i don't know i think i must have shot about 40 or 50 rolls this this year past year which you know it's it's quite a lot for me anyway but other people might think that oh, no that's not a great deal of film shooting but when you consider that most of my stuff is either holidays or um, weekends it's um, 
yeah, I mean, I think that's, for me, that's quite a, a big chunk of um, film shooting. I guess this episode is turning into a kind of review of the year that I've had and what I've done. So from the start of the year I went on my first film photo walk with um, the London Camera Project and uh, yeah I've attended a few of them over the year, I think about three maybe four different parts of London which was good and enjoyable, meeting new film photographers or just photographers in general and it's been good going out, meeting up with people, having a chat although the last one was in the pouring rain through Soho I think within 20 minutes we were in, in a pub then back out again and then another half an hour out on the streets and then back into a pub spent the rest of the um, day in there but that was enjoyable um, what else have I been up to? Well, I, I don't really have a lot of gas as such, but I did um, pick up all my equipment this year for my home developing for black and white, and obviously I've been doing that through the year, which has been quite enjoyable. I've actually enjoyed developing my black and white films at home. Bought a new printer, which was the Epson MV can't remember the actual number of it but that comes with the instant ink so you pay so much a month and get so many prints I'm still on my free trial with that so that's quite good I've done quite a lot of prints on that um, also recently with the Black Friday on uh, Marut who were a paper company that I got um, a sample of their papers from I, they had um, a sale on that they were selling 50 sheets of their all their papers for the price of 25 so I picked up a pack of 50 sheets of their oyster satin um, 260 gram paper which I quite liked so I've got that for making prints with now um, yeah it's like I say the gear wise I haven't bought any cameras this year although I've been close a few times but um at the final decision I've always stepped away from it a couple of months back or a month or so back I did have um, I did have gas for the Bronica ETSI or yeah I think that was the thing but and I did see a few but the price was just a little bit I'm not saying higher than I was willing to pay because if I wanted it I would pay for it but I never 100% sure whether I'd actually use it and or I would use it obviously but how much I'd actually use it and um, I think that it would be nice to shoot some more medium format I've kind of lusted after the Lomo LC, I think it's the LCA 120 um, but again price has kind of put me off but at some point I probably will bite the bullet and by some sort of medium format camera but again let's wait and see I've also continued my um, kind of support of other photographers by picking up their zines along the way um, 
I've also had some scenes sent to me as part of print swaps. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of my scenes I've actually bought from Cafe Royal Books uh, here in the UK, and they tend to be more um, documentary photography stuff from uh, photographers back in the well 70s, 80s, 90s. But I think my favourite zine that I picked up this year was by my friend uh, Charlie Tom um, which is called The Nuclear Option which is about his visit to um, Chernobyl and I quite like the um, pictures in it and also his writing explaining about what happened the effects of the people in and around the area of Chernobyl and how it, how it is today. Um, I mean, I guess a lot of people would have actually seen the uh, HBO uh, miniseries about Chernobyl, so it kind of gives you a yeah, it gives you a good view of, of how the place is now. So yeah, that's my um, you know one zine that I was I really enjoyed uh, receiving, and um, yeah. So if you're interested interested in picking up a copy of Charlie's scene, I think he's still um, producing them. Check him out at, at charlietom underscore on Instagram. I mentioned the print swap, which I've been a part of this year, and to be perfectly honest, I found it very hiss and hit and miss. There's been times when um, the print swap's gone fine, and I've, I've sent prints, they've received them, they've sent their prints, I've received them, but there's also been times when I've sent prints and, you know, within a couple of weeks I know they should have arrived, but I don't hear anything back from anyone, and then you're chasing them up, um, they don't um, reply to your DMs or any posts that you make, and so you don't know whether they've actually arrived or not, and also ones that supposedly have been sent to you have not arrived either so towards the end of it although I was still doing it and you know like I say getting from some people getting really good prints um, zines sent from them as, uh, alongside the prints some I just didn't get any response from them whether they'd actually received the prints or not or whether they hadn't you know if, if they hadn't then it'd be much better to just DM me and say, well, it's been three, four weeks, I haven't received them. I've got um, ways of not necessarily tracking it, but I can get back to the local post office and find out kind of what happened. And if they, if, if they haven't been sent or arrived, I can actually get a refund on the pictures, um, the postage, and resend them. But towards the latter part of this year I actually stopped doing it because I just wasn't getting the responses from people who were part of the group. Um, I've even had um, the last round that, that I was involved in, the prints arrived here in the UK but for some reason, and I don't understand why because it hadn't happened with any other print that had been sent, they had a customs charge on it which ended up being an extra, I think, close on £15, which, to be perfectly honest, I wasn't willing to pay for, you know, one, maybe two print, two prints, and um, basically, 
I just left them there at the post office and apparently after so many either weeks or months they will be returned sent back to the original sender so I don't know whether they've even received them back but I know they never got in contact with me to tell me that they'd received the prints I'd sent or hadn't received them and to be honest I've got better things to do with my time than be constantly chasing up people to find out whether they've received them or not because this seems to happen quite a lot so I don't know whether it's people just you know out to make a well you can't even say a fast buck because it's not um it's not like you know my prints are actually worth anything but there you go so that's my particular thought on um the print swap for this year um it's not been overall it's not been a, a pretty good experience and obviously like i say i'll doubt whether i'll be um participating in it next year one of the other things that i was involved in this year was the kodak 2238 project which was enjoyable um 30 photographers around the world got together shooting the kodak 2238 film and um posting their results and stuff on the facebook group everyone was helping each other out with best ways to develop the film how to shoot it what way to shoot it what iso as it was a I think an iso 25 film and that culminated in a zine well it was a little bit uh, more high quality than a zine a, a book perfect man book um, which we all had two pictures in which was uh, which was enjoyable uh, quite enjoyed being part of the project and um, you know, be, look, be looking out to see whether there's any more um, next year that could pos I could possibly join and um, yeah because it being uh, part of a group like that tends to push your photography a little bit more I think um, makes you go out and possibly you know shooting with a different film stock or going out and shooting just helps to push your photography a little bit and I don't know yeah maybe it makes you a better photographer uh, who knows but yeah I really enjoyed being part of that okay you're gonna have to bear with me on this one this is gonna be a trip down memory lane and it might also turn into a bit of a ramble so I've lived in London or in and around London all my life but when I was a kid I lived in central London and when I say central London I mean right in central London I lived like in Westminster um, sort of two minutes away from where the Houses of Parliament are and 15 minutes from places like Oxford Street uh, Leicester Square Piccadilly you know the, the main uh, areas of central London and the touristy spots now two things when I was a kid I remember every year my great uncle would take me and my sister to Selfridges and the idea was that we would go to pick out a Christmas present for ourselves uh, from him and we would also go and visit Father Christmas and get a present from him. You know, the way that 
the shops still do today, I guess, you know, Centre's Grotto and stuff like that. Now, back then, we would go go and sit on Santa's knee and have a photograph taken. Now, obviously, back then, I'm talking uh, mid-60s to early 70s, um, up until I was about 11, possibly 10, 11. Now, obviously, only shooting on film. So, we've got pictures of me and my sister um, through the year, or through them years, with Father Christmas. But, I don't understand how the, the because I know they're not Polaroid pictures, and I, doubt, I don't even know when Polaroid was around. See, I said this would be a ramble. So, they're actual um, proper prints. Now, I don't understand how we got them prints back. Because, did we have to go back to the shop to collect them? Or were they sent on to us? And if they were sent on to us, obviously we have to give names and addresses and everything else like that. So, yeah, that, that was quite, that's quite a weird concept, thinking back on it now. But, I mean, I know like places like Butlins and Pontins used to do that. They had a, a resident photographer who'd go around and photograph um, the people sitting around watching the cabaret entertainment in the evenings and then the next morning you could go to their like little hut and um, you know, you'd see the pictures there and you could go in and buy them I think I've mentioned this before, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure but anyway, yeah, so this is kind of weird about the Father Christmassy thing but moving on from that also, I remember as a kid that sort of, you know Christmassy time was also a time where we would, you know, might go to the cinema. And because our local cinemas were sort of, you know, central London, Leicester Square type thing, you would go and queue up, I guess. I kind of, I vaguely remember queuing up to go and see things like um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, possibly Mary Poppins. Anyway, but while queuing up, you would end up, people would come along, I don't know what they were, who they were, but they would come along and take your photograph. And again, we've got photographs that have been taken professionally, semi-professionally, I don't know, on the streets of us um, queuing up to go into, I guess, cinema. But again, I don't know how the pictures finally found their way to us because they were... Would you give a random person your name and address on the street nowadays? Probably not, if they took a photograph of you. This is leading somewhere, I promise. Yeah, so we would, we've got these pictures of us, you know, taking family sort of street portraits, I guess you could call them. So, yeah, so obviously there was um, a trading doing this back in the late 60s, early 70s. And as a kid, you know, you don't really take much notice of it, but it's thinking back on it now. And what has made me think back on it now is that yesterday I was up at London Bridge um, because everywhere at present have got Christmas markets and whatnot. And um, if you remember back in a previous podcast, I spoke about a competition I entered for in and around London Bridge, and I won tickets to go up Tower Bridge. 
on the Tower Bridge experience. Well, the company that was running that competition are running another one for Christmas. Um, you know, take a Christmassy picture in and around the London Bridge area. So I thought yesterday I would go up and do some photography up there. So went up there, shot that, and I needed to get down to Waterloo down on the South Bank. Obviously still on the South Bank. But the easiest way was just to walk along the South Bank. Anyway, so we're walking along the South Bank, get down past Borough Market, down to Tate Modern. And get down to Tate Modern, and it's now, I don't know, about half past four, quarter to five. So it's, you know, getting dark, twilighty things, not really taking much notice. Now, you know, you have all the buskers and you have the street entertainers and you know, because I'm a Londoner, oh, that's the song, um, and, you know, they're not for me, they're there for the tourists kind of thing. But one thing, and this is the first time I've actually seen it, caught my attention, and because I was in a hurry to get somewhere, I didn't actually stop to find out exactly what was going on. But what I saw was a young girl with an easel and a board on the easel which said come and have your photograph taken with a vintage now I can't remember where it said vintage Polaroid camera or on a vintage Polaroid picture because I think but I did notice that the camera she had was the Mint um, RF70 so not a vintage camera as such. So maybe the sign did say a vintage Polaroid picture. But I just thought, wow, that's weird that someone is actually trying to trade or make a trade on taking your picture with a Polaroid camera and selling it. And that's what kind of reminded me back to the 60s of these people, photographers or whatever they were, going around the streets, well, you know, round kind of Soho or the um, Leicester Square Piccadilly area, taking your photograph. And it's kind of just reminding me of that. I know this is really long-winded and waffly, but it seems as though maybe, is it is it possible that this kind of trade is coming back, that people are willing to go out and try and trade on taking your photograph? And would people actually be doing it now i mean most people have got mobile phones or you know their own cameras to think you know i mean like i say i was up at um london bridge and the amount of people up there taking selfies of them self obviously with um tower bridge in the background and stuff like that was you know thing would you would you be willing to pay for a you know a street photographer to take your picture even if it is with a, a vintage polaroid or is becomes a vintage polaroid image it just seemed it seemed quite strange but it seems as though you know with the resurgence in film photography that this seems to be the new old way of taking pictures of people in the street i don't know I, 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 I'm, I'm still in the process of processing it uh i will I'm going to be in and around there again next weekend. 
so I will look out for her and see I think I might even stop and have a chat and see what she has to say but anyway yeah that was a, a waffly trip down memory lane I apologise for the length of this episode maybe I should do episodes more often then they wouldn't end up um, being such long winded and rambly uh, episodes yeah anyway thanks for listening um, hope you enjoyed this show this is probably the last one of the year so I'd like to say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all the people that listen to this hope you have a good Christmas and see you in the new year as usual I can be found at Flaneur with a camera or on the streets podcast on Instagram you can leave me a message on the Anchor app or email at onthestreets at talktalk.net once again thanks for listening to my thoughts and rambles and yep that's it for this year so bye for now